0: Hi, this is your host, Pete Bloom. Welcome to American Heroes Network. Our core mission is serving the brave men and women who have sacrificed to ensure our freedom. You will hear true stories from those that have served, learn about veteran organizations and resources, and gain hope for your future knowing American Heroes Network, your community, and other veterans are here and at the ready to serve and help you and your family. We will talk about the hard topics like PTSD and TBI. You will also hear military history, inspirational stories, learn about networking with the community and more so come join us and be part of our family today's guest is ben peterson ben is the ceo and founder at engage your destiny a ministry that inspires young people to engage with god and find their purpose ben is also an army veteran who had the new unique job of being a chaplain's assistant during the iraq war ben believes in the power of telling stories to help people through their own struggle He also brings this message to veterans about sharing their story, healing, and finding their freedom. Today, Ben will talk to us about his vetrepreneur journey and what he's learned along the way, and share some guidance on healing your spirit and finding your purpose. Ben, thank you for serving, and how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Pete. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I have to ask you, at one point you were volunteering as an electric guitar player and worship team leader. That sounds pretty awesome. Do you still get to do any of that?
1: I probably play at my church once or twice a month, but we'll see how my travel schedule is already getting crazy for this year, so I don't know how much of that we're going to be able to do, but we'll see.
0: That is really awesome. You know, I volunteer time as an IT guy for the church, but that's really nowhere as near as exciting as being on stage.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Melton uh, guitar solos.
0: Those guys at church that uh, get up there and do their thing, they're just absolutely awesome, so I think you guys are awesome when you do that. Thank you. That's awesome. You know, I, I saw one thing that you like to do in your spare time is rally car race driving, correct?
1: Yep, that's right.
0: I saw that you were tagged in the video. It had a yellow car, and it was uh, starting a race at the Namanji Trail Rally. Did I say that right?
1: Yeah, Namaji, Yep, like Namaji.
0: Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, so in rally car driving, you're basically on back roads you know, in kind of outskirts of cities. And you're flying down these dirt roads at 80, 120 miles an hour. And you have the driver of the car, but then you also have the co-driver. And um, they work in tandem at the same time. You both have headsets on. And the co-driver is giving play-by-play directions to the driver of what's coming up ahead. And I'm talking every road variation that you can imagine. So in real time, it moves extremely fast. And the driver listens without thinking to every direction that the co-driver gives. So I'm the co-driver, and I have pages of notes of the path that we're on, and I'm just calling out one direction after another, and then my driver, Mark, is blindly following me. It's really for adrenaline junkies. It's a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) Well, that sounds more crazy and exciting than I even thought. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, and I I actually didn't know a lot about the sport, but uh, my friend Mark, he's really into it, and he
0: needed a co-driver to really
1: dig in with him and play that role, and I said yes, and away we go. It's a lot of fun.
0: That's seriously like a huge trust fall there, right?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced more blind faith and trust in how someone's directing you, but I'm also trusting his ability to do what I'm saying. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: So, transition from the military. Was that a hard or an easy road for you, and why?
1: Well, you know, I joined the military when I was 17. It was 2004. We were in the heat of Iraq and Afghanistan, and I just wanted to be a combat veteran. I wanted to go stop terrorism and wanted to get in the, the war on terror So 17, I joined and I signed up to be in the special forces, but the problem is I'm colorblind and I really had no idea that I was as colorblind as I was, Pete. And so the only job available to me, there were two jobs. One was a chaplain's assistant and the other was an admin specialist. And so I asked about the chaplain assistant job, and they said it's the bodyguard of the chaplain, and then you also assist him in all of his ministry work. You know, I obviously took the job, and then we deployed to Iraq in 2008, 2009. I followed my chaplain all over the country while we did ministry for fallen angels and um, losing soldiers and people getting hurt, you know, different things happening, and obviously marital issues, everything that you can imagine. And just sitting down, and, and I found that over that year, I spent all my time just listening and being there for guys as they're going through not only the toughest things possible as a deployment, but also what they're dealing with at home, whether it's a spouse who's been unfaithful or just simple marital problems or, you know, anything under the sun. That was really my experience in the military. And then, you know, you come home, I went to music school and um, wanted to kind of be a rock and roll guy. And then I realized after getting a music degree that there aren't really a lot of jobs for rock and roll guys, (laughs) unless if you want to be a teacher. And after that, I got into sales, and I found that in sales, I was just sitting down and listening to people all the time and listening to their problems, listening to their pain points, and then trying to help them find a solution. And so the transition and the skills that I experienced while in the military really favorably played into uh, the next phase of my life. So it was hard leaving the brotherhood and, and the military and the experience that you have, but at the same time, I thought that the world was filled with enough challenges to keep me interested.
0: I also joined the military when I was 17. It's funny, the story you just told about being colorblind and all, I actually saw that in one of your videos. And when you said something about God having a sense of humor, I thought that that was really funny because I think I've ran across many instances myself where I'm like, yeah, he must have a sense of humor to do that, but yeah, that was great. Was it hard to have that particular role in the Army?
1: You know, I believe in design, I believe in purpose, and I think that the Lord kind of made me for it, but that didn't make it easy. I think that the hardest part of that tour was just realizing how evil humanity can be not even from the enemy's perspective of what they did to people, but then also uh, internally what I saw soldiers do to one another or what I saw people do to soldiers. You know, I was only 21 years old, and you're kind of just surrounded by so much darkness. It was really challenging to just see so many people destroying their lives. And walking through that was very hard, and I think it it kind of numbed me for a while. But, you know, you come home and you make your decisions. (laughs) I would say that that was the most challenging part of the tour and being in that country.
0: So you were talking about coming back and you talked about you know trying out sales for a while, but now you founded Engage Your Destiny. Can you tell us about what you're doing with that for people and veterans?
1: Yeah, so I drove sales for a creative agency for three years up here in Minneapolis doing events and videos and helping um, nonprofits do their galas and helping the Vikings do their draft party and all that kind of stuff and then making videos to help tell the stories at our events and drove sales there for three years. And basically, you know, at the beginning of last year, Pete, I was just like, this is not what I want to do with my life. And I know that there is something else. And, and back to when I was 17 and I joined the military and, and they told me the only job that's available to you is a chaplain's assistant. I just, Pete, I just had this moment where, and I didn't hear anything. I didn't see, any, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. But I just had this feeling where something said to me, I, I have a calling on your life. And I always had this immense passion to see people get healed in their hearts and from things that have happened to them. In 2016, I was just praying a lot about, you know, Lord, what am I doing here? Why, why did you put me here? What's my purpose? And I just kept asking, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do? I woke up one morning in February, at the end of February, and I just, man, everything in my heart was screaming at me to go and say, quit your job and start something. Start something out of nothing and have the faith that the doors are going to open and you're going to find what you need to do when you go at it full time and all in. It was a Monday morning, and I walked in, uh, we had our Monday morning meeting, and I, and I sat down with partners afterwards, and I gave them my notice, and I quit. So walked away from a good-paying job and great clients and all that to start something out of nothing, and, and I knew that I wanted to be a, a nonprofit, and I knew I wanted it to be a ministry that would help people. So that's how that transition took place.
0: Tell us about what you do there. and Say what it is that your your mission is, or where you go, or what you do, and how you're getting veterans involved in this.
1: It's a fun journey, Pete. Our mission statement is inspiring you to engage with God so you can fulfill your purpose. I just believe that if, you know, we're talking on phones here, the fellas that created this phone created it with a purpose. And if you believe in creation, in creating things, you don't create things without purpose. And if we believe in God, that he creates things, well, he creates people, so then he has to create them with purpose. Otherwise, there's no point. That really is the basis of the ministry that I started was to help people find that purpose. And so got all that going, got the website going, and I really wanted to be a kind of a help young people and be a youth preacher and run around and speak and tell my stories and light people up. I just kept asking God, show me what you want me to do. Show me where you want me to go. And one night I had a dream and it was as vivid as this conversation here. And I was at my alma mater at North Central and they were doing a special service and I was the speaker. I was coming in to bring the word and I was getting ready to get up and, and speak, and the band that was opening up for me was only supposed to play for 30 minutes, and they played for two hours. And this was in the dream. And I remember just standing there forever and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally, when I got up to speak, half the student body got up and walked out, just walked out. This was a nightmare, Pete. And then I start speaking, and the rest the people that are still there, are, the young people, they're not listening, and, and they're getting expelled. There's just anarchy in the room. And then in half a second, the dream changed, and I was sitting on a bus, and I was looking into a video camera, and I was asking veterans and and family members and service members to send me their stories and to send me their burdens. Sitting at my feet was this massive military duffel bag, and it was filled with tens of thousands of letters and stories from veterans. And I woke up at 3.30 in the morning out of a dead sleep, wide awake. And I'll tell you, Pete, I just laid there and wide awake, and, and I just knew... Uh, what I was supposed to do, I knew that I was supposed to make a video asking vets and their families to send me their stories, and that when I get them, I'm going to put them off, I'm going to pray for them, and then I'm going to carry them on my shoulders everywhere that I go. And then I thought of the verse, Galatians 6.2, it says, carry one another's burdens and you'll fulfill the love of Jesus, just simply by carrying one another's burdens. And I, I just knew that God was calling me to carry the burdens and the stories of my brothers and sisters who have fought and who have been in arms and know what I've been through and I know what they've been through. And so we had a launch event, I spoke this mission out, cast the vision, created a small donor base, and then we've been marketing this video that we created online, and the video has been viewed 150,000 times, shared a couple thousand times, and it's really moving. But in fact, people across this nation have seen this video and said, I need to talk about what's happened to me and what I've experienced and what I'm still carrying and have taken that action step to message me or to email me or to send me what they've been through. It's just mind-blowing. And so it means that it's working and that it's resonating and that veterans really do want to talk about what they've been through or they see the need to talk about it and what they're carrying and to connect with another veteran. So that's where we're at today.
0: You know, it's really such an important thing, too, that it's almost like most people that go through the military are just quiet and keep it to themselves. Yeah. And I think when people internalize things sometimes, you know, it's one thing if they're just internalizing, well, this is what I did. It's no big deal. But when there's problems or trauma that go along with that and they're internalizing that as well, it just sits there and festers. And I think what you're doing and getting people to tell their story, it's relief. It's letting the burden go. And then they can actually start looking for their purpose. So I I think that the plan that you have and what you're doing is really great. Are you planning on doing anything with the stories?
1: You know, that's a great question. So once I
0: get a story
1: or someone reaches out to me, I always reply and see where they want to take it. And I always offer the opportunity to talk with me, to schedule a call, to be able to build a little bit of a relationship, potentially pray together if they're interested, but just to open that door if they want it. You know what I mean? And so that's a really paramount piece of just being available to veterans who want to talk to another veteran. So that's the first piece. And then the second piece, as I've been going down this journey, Pete, I've been really careful with that. You know, what do you do with the stories? I would say about 80% of the stories that I get are from Vietnam. And I also would say that when it comes to responses and people not even sending me their stories, but just sharing or commenting or just engagement with the social media that I'm doing, it's about 80 Vietnam veterans. And these guys, Pete, are broken, and they're hurting, and it's because they went through a war that I can't even begin to imagine. And they came home, and they were rejected, and they were called baby killers. I've had guys that had blood poured on them. They were spit on. They were punched, and they were rejected from society. And this was I a country that drafted them. And I've had several of these Vietnam veterans say, I don't want to share my story because I know that you're just going to take it and try and make money with it. And there are a lot of nonprofits or a lot of businesses that have made money on the backs of our veterans and not always in the most honest ways. And so I know in my dream that God called me to ask for the story and to carry it. And right now, Pete, that's as far as I'm going to go with it until I get a new direction. And I'm really glad that I've taken that more cautious approach and to guard the stories and to make them confidential with the veterans who are sending them to me because, you know, there's a lot of damage that's been done in that space. And I don't want anything to deter a veteran or to give them a salty experience that would detract them from telling their story, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And I'm not surprised at the percentage that you were talking about as far as them being from the Vietnam era, because it seems like that's when they came back. And like you were saying, you know, they didn't have any support. People were uh, against what was going on. They didn't have like really the resources and everything that we do today. Somebody comes home today and there's all these things that they can do, places they can plug in, get help, talk to people. And they got none of that back then. So I saw your website. I really think it's a, it's a great website. I like how when you first go there, it's got the pictures in the background that are moving. You've got some great video. That is a, a great step for somebody who's starting a business. You mentioned a couple other things. I was wondering if you could just kind of break down, like, what steps did you take when you started your business? What things have you had to put in place?
1: Well, I think one of the key pieces that I've found to really make this mission have the traction that it's had in the last six months It's been getting people on board and so I have a board of seven directors that oversee everything that I'm doing and that's the requirement for a nonprofit. but even from a small business that's starting out I would challenge a veteran or someone and say to them who's going to guide you and who's going to mentor you and who's going to lead you and who's going to oversee your decisions and someone who's already been there someone who's already been in the business world someone who has experience starting a business and how they can help guide you. You know, I have some high corporate level people on my board, but also some medium to small business owners that are on my board, salespeople that are on my board, and they're all able to give me so much insight and clarity into, you know, my decisions and next steps. And one of the key pieces to having that buy-in was having a business plan and also having a financial forecast for the next two to five years, two years of a financial forecast, but five years of a business plan and what I see the next five years playing out as. Now, has that business plan completely changed since when I first wrote it? Absolutely. But there still are core fundamental principles that I've put into that business plan that are going to be a part of this company or this nonprofit for as long as it's around. And so I think to get that buy-in and to get people behind you, having a business plan and having a financial forecast is going to be incredible, and so I would encourage There's amazing resources, I believe it's smallbusiness.gov, where you can go and they literally have a template that you just fill out and every type of detail that you can imagine is in there and you just plug and play and then it prints it out for you and it's a free service. It's important to have a really great idea, it's important to have something that you really want to do, but the more I learn and the more that I go through this experience, it's having great people around you that have great synergy, great community, and believe in you and believe in who you are that are going to make your idea go. And so I would put the emphasis for any person who's looking to start a business or make a change or take their business to the next level. is like, who are the people that you are surrounding yourself with? Because everyone's trying to come up with the next new idea. But some of the greatest companies that have ever ran in this country and ever brought monumental value to this country, they focused on the people and not on ideas. And by having the right people, then the right ideas came.
0: I agree. Having the right people around you and the right type of people is definitely something that's so important. I always talk to people that are transitioning that are thinking about getting out and getting a job or starting a business that you've got to build a network, you've got to create relationships, and when you do that in advance, it makes things go so much smoother. Do you think your military experience and training helped you prepare to be a veteran business owner?
1: I do. I think that when you go through the military, you really have to learn how to work people. And it's because you're around them all the time. (laughs) One of the greatest pieces about being in the military is the relationships. You know, when I travel or, you know, even I was flying down to Atlanta the other day and I was sitting next to a guy who's you know, a Marine pilot. And in five minutes, we were way closer than any other person that I could sit and talk with because we had so many things we could relate on. And beyond just both being soldiers who were deployed, you know, I was in an aviation unit. There were just so many similarities. And so military people, if they choose to, can be amazing at relationships and amazing at building relationships and growing with people. And I think that one of the things for veterans to overcome is that when we were deployed and when we were in a combat zone, we went through a year or three to six months. We got to be in a tribe. We got to be so deep and tight with people and go through things that the majority of people in the world uh, don't have to go through. But we did it together. And then we leave and we feel like we can't ever find that tribe again. And I I believe that's a lie. I think that we have to step outside of our comfort zone and really put in the effort to connect with other people. They don't have to necessarily be veterans to understand where you're coming from because you can find a common bond with anybody. And I know a lot of vets, we feel like people don't understand us. But I think we have to push past that. and, And instead of trying to get people to understand us, why don't we try and understand them and build relationships with people because we have the skills to do it. It's just overcoming that feeling of loss or the feeling of being taken away from our tribe and our brotherhood it can be, really be very difficult to overcome I don't want to talk that down or diminish that at all. It's a big deal, but I think it's something we have to overcome, like
0: I said. Yeah, you know, there's networks and groups out there, but when it all boils down to it, I mean, you do have to be able to get outside your comfort zone exactly like you're saying. And if necessary, I think you need to be able to maybe start building your own tribe. Yep. So can you tell me some of the concerns or possibly the challenges you faced when starting the business?
1: You know, it was such a new venture for me.
0: I really want to give one main point that I think will really benefit
1: people. I would sit down and talk with somebody about what I wanted to do. And I think I would give too much weight to people's decisions because I just had never been there before. i had never been where I was before in the place of starting my own business. And so I would have a conversation with someone about my vision or what I was doing, and they would poke holes in it or they would sow some doubt into it. And then I would freak out and think that I have a terrible idea. I don't know what I'm doing. And I would just go off my rocker because I was just so uncertain of myself. It took me time to realize, and it happened in a conversation with one of my board members where he's like, Ben, you've never been here before. And you know if someone wanted to come in and debate you on tactics of how to thrive in a combat zone... Or if they wanted to debate you on musical skills or debate you on the Bible, you'd be unshakable because you have so much experience in those areas. And it's like you're in an entirely new field of starting a business where you've never been before. You have no experience in it. And so you're letting your emotions get out of control. And I think that was one of the greatest challenges because starting a business is obviously very challenging. You're a one-man band. But how you manage your emotions and what you let push you off your rocker, I think, is something to really be prepared for and just recognize and and kind of have that self-talk where you're like, you know what? I've never been here before. I've never done this before. This is supposed to be uncomfortable. This is supposed to be scary. This is supposed to feel like I could fail. But that's why I'm doing it, because I want to live a life of purpose and I want to really do what I believe I was put here to do. And so I got to push through this stuff and I just need to make good decisions and not let my emotions get out of control.
0: So you are definitely stepping outside of your comfort zone? All the time. (laughs) Ben, I generally ask people, what is the key to the success of your business? In this case, I think the answer is that God has your back. Yeah. Other than that, what would you say that the key to success of your business might be? kind
1: of beating a drum here, but it's building relationships, genuinely caring about other people, putting value into what they do, what their mission is, I'm connecting with different ministries and churches and organizations all over the country. And the first words out of my mouth is, how can I bring value to you? How can I bring value to what you're doing? How can I build a relationship with you? Can I fly down to have lunch or dinner with you? I want to know who you are. I want to know your story. And I'm seeing just so many people open up to me and open up to my mission. Because one, I mean, it's there to help people. But then also, there's a genuineness of, I really want to bring value to what you are doing. I learned that in sales, and you're just not going to be a very good salesperson if you're not all about the other person's mission because they're not going to buy your product, you know?
0: Yeah, I think you're doing a really great job of building relationships because I saw all over your Facebook, there are so many people that are just continuously sharing your mission and what you're doing, and it's just incredible to watch people. They're sharing it. They're asking other people to share it, and I can understand completely behind it, and I think uh, the purpose is pure. So it's really pretty remarkable to see what you're doing and to see how people are responding to you.
1: I think also, Pete, there's people out there that are not looking to start a nonprofit. They're not looking to start a ministry. And there's vets out there that have a business idea and they want to do something great. And I guess that I just want to speak to that because that can have as much purpose and as much impact and be just as great as the vision that I have. And so, you know, for a veteran to say, well, I've got this idea. It's great that you've got an idea. But beyond that, who are you going to build around you? Who's your team? Who are the people who are going to mentor you and advise you? Who are the people that you're going to get on board to make that idea become a reality? And I think that's really important for any veteran to hear um, on the importance of starting a business.
0: Do you think your military experience is responsible for the success in your business? Or is it more that there are other things that you had to apply and learn along the way that helped you get there?
1: I think that my military experience definitely broke me down. A lot of pride made me more apt to not be a lone survivor or a lone ranger and want to be a part of a team and want to be a part of other people. I'm an only child. I'm very used to doing life on my own and by myself and taking things on by myself. And guys on my board always would say to me, Ben, welcome to team
0: sports.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really believe that the Army made that possible for me to be conditioned for that. And so I would say that that would be one of the fundamental principles that the Army instilled in me: teamwork.
0: So true. It doesn't matter what branch of the military you're in. It's all about the team. And if you don't get that, you're really just not a fit for the military, to be honest. Right. What is the the one most important thing that you've learned since starting your business that you can share with people that are trying to start a business?
1: I think it's the organizational piece of putting the finance, the business plan, the details together, defining the details, defining your big, hairy, audacious goal. Where do you want to be in 10 years? What's the vision of the company? You know, going through and really taking time to slow down. You don't have to answer everything today. But getting away and, and answering those questions. What is the big, hairy, audacious goal? If this blew up and became a multi million dollar, billion dollar corporation, what would that look like? Where do I want to finish this? How do I want to hand this off after I pass away? What are the dreams? What are the visions? And defining all of those pieces and then starting to put details behind them. And I am not a numbers guy. I mean, like, I am the most anti numbers person ever. I just want to know how much the check is for for the deal I just closed. You know, getting over that and really focusing on, okay, we have to put numbers to these goals. And if I'm going to have this impact, well, then what are the numbers behind that? How many meetings do I have to book? How many trips do I have to take? What does it take to break that down? And it's very uncomfortable setting those numbers, and it's not easy. But I think that one of the biggest things that mentors have taught me through this whole thing is what are the quantifiable things? What can you quantify? What's the number behind what you're trying to do? And so when you set those numbers, And you define those things. It's just like a sales guy. I got to make 50 calls to get 10 meetings to get one sale. It's the same thing with every kind of business. You got to set quantifiable goals, and you got to go after them.
0: That is definitely a really good point that anyone getting ready to start a business needs to keep in mind. I like that one. There's something that you posted. I wanted to read it. Advancement in life of any kind comes from favor with God and man. The favor is created through real, authentic relationships. Relationships with people that are genuine, selfless, and heartfelt are possible because, from the inside out, your relationship with God is saturating everything and everyone you come in contact with.
1: <laughs>
0: now, I read that post and I really liked it. Did you write that?
1: Yeah, that's something I would say. I just don't remember saying it.
0: <laughs> well, that was pretty awesome. It really stood out, and I'm like, I'm copying this. I just wanted to know if I post it, I got to quote you and put your name in there. So
1: do it, dude. Yeah, that's that's a BP.
0: So, Ben, I appreciate your time today. I think this interview has been the perfect one to start out the new year, considering what you're doing for the kingdom of God and to help people find their purpose, their destiny, and their freedom.
1: Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking time to be with me, Pete. And just want to say to any veterans that are out there, if you're carrying something or you're unsure about it, take some time to think about it and take some time to reflect on your tour and, and what you could still be carrying with you. I remember one day when I was in Anaconda right outside of Palad, a suicide bomber blew up a school and the day after that we were in the hospital doing ministry work and i saw all the kids and that scarred me for a really long time it took time to heal but i found healing by talking about it I found healing by bringing the stuff up and even though bringing it up was painful it's like ripping a band-aid off it's going to hurt but it's going to bring the healing and so i just want to speak to any vets if you're still carrying anything and maybe you're dealing with a survivor's guilt maybe you never deployed I'm carrying stories in my bag of guys that never saw one day of combat, but they're carrying so much guilt because they didn't share in the struggle. And I'm here to say to you that no matter what your service was, you shared in the struggle and you were a part of this journey. And so this is a brotherhood, this is a sisterhood, this is a family. And I want to encourage you to take a look at sending me your story and opening that up so that I can be there for you and carry this with you and I can serve you with all my heart. Thank you so much.
0: If you want to share your story with Ben, go to his website at engageyourdestiny.com or just check out the website in general to see what else Ben is doing. And thank you again, Ben, for the interview today, and we look forward to keeping up with you on what's going on in your future. Thanks so much, Pete. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to keep coming back each week for more great episodes. If you want to talk about something you learned today, if you have questions, or if you would like to be a guest on our podcast, go to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and click on Contact Us. Thank you for listening.